Happy New Year and welcome back to our podcast, Empowering People with Energy. Today we have an exciting program where we discuss power generation, where we power your lives. Stay tuned. Welcome again to our podcast where we talk power generation. We are very lucky today to have our three power plant managers with us. Guys, I've got to know each of you a little bit over the past year and a half, and you all have interesting stories. What would the audience not know about you that they may find interesting? Albert, I've spent more time in your plant than the other ones, I think, just because, you know, it's, it's easy to get to from here. No, it's because it was new and I was interested in the technology. But tell us something about you or something that you've experienced over your time here that our audience may not think about. El Paso offers a great uh, place to geek out. Uh, there's so, so many things you can get into, so many things you can learn. And that, uh, for me, is kind of the icing on the cake. So I get to work with people that I enjoy uh, to be with, but ultimately it, any, almost anything that uh, comes up as an issue becomes a science project. There's been times at night when, you know, we're like, I didn't figure this piece out. Something doesn't make sense, it feels out of place. And it just becomes like, um, you know, something like a game almost. And I enjoy <laughs> that. Uh, I've been fortunate enough to work at all the power plants and uh, I understand when the other plant managers say I'm dealing with old technology, like, yeah, you are. Uh, but over the, over the course of a couple of years, I mean, we, we've had to get creative on how to do maintenance. Mm -hmm. And that is exciting, you know, coming up with a plan to fix something. Even if it's like a, uh, something that's damaged, just find a fix for it. And sometimes, uh, I kid you not, we've found parts on eBay that, you know, we can't get overseas but some kids selling it on eBay. I remember you told me that. And uh, so, yeah, it's just, uh, you know, kind of playing. And uh, last week we were putting together some, uh, some fittings to uh, test a hydraulic line. And it felt to me, because I had just experienced it with my own son, uh, like adults playing with Legos almost. So, okay. so, you know, they got all the Legos and yes. they're trying to build something. But these are grown men that understand pressures, flows, and how a hydraulic system should work. But they're piece, piecing yeah, something yeah. together and they enjoy it, they're having yes, fun. they're having know? fun. So what we've learned, Albert likes to geek out. We can buy parts on eBay if we need to. <laughs> and we're having fun while we're doing something great for our community. Thank you. Okay, now I know you lived in Grenada when I was down there. Tell, tell us something about interesting about you. <laughs> there's really, I was telling you, there's nothing really interesting about Yes, me. there is. However, <laughs> though, I, I, you know, I will say that, you know, one of the things that I do enjoy in, in, in working in a power plant, and that is, because like I said, you, you learn something new every day in a power plant, and, and that's the, one of the benefits. But also the plant coming together and, and working towards that and, and, and seeing it happening and seeing it come together and people just enjoying that, I, I, that is one of the things that I really enjoy about it. And, and, and watching people actually enjoy that and, and right. seeing the successes and enjoying that. That's, it's, it's, it's something good for me to see and I, and I like to see it and that's what I enjoy. You know, it's like fo since football season's here, right? It's right. like getting in the playoffs, right? You get the team together, you get your quarterback thrown to your exactly. receiver, you have your, you know, you have everybody in their position. And I think that's the analogy I've heard about power plants, right? And, and as far as Grenada goes, I had five children and they all turned into beach bums. And <laughs> I couldn't get them to leave. So, but. 
Well, Grenada is a lovely spot. It is. I love it there too, <laughs> so I can see why they stayed. Jeff, tell us something interesting about you that we might not know. Uh, well, I, I love the equipment theater with Albert said. I kind of geek out on the old equipment and I love walking through Newman and Rio Grande where you can see the old legacy equipment, the original boilers that went in in 1929. And mm -hmm. you can walk all the way through the plant up to the new equipment that's run and you can see the evolution of it all the way through. And to me, that's, that's really cool. I mean, I have an old truck at home. I, I like to work on and keep in good shape and I, I like to build furniture, work in my shop. So I, I have a special place in my heart for equipment and old equipment that was built right. the way it was back in the day. And so I really love that aspect of it. I take or, a lot of pride in, I take yes. a lot of pride in working in the old plants. I like it. Albert, you, was, you were an intern for us. Yes, ma'am. And now you're running a power plant. Talk about that journey. Sure, yes, uh, I did my undergraduate studies at UTEP and I was fortunate enough to get a job while I was still going to school. I uh, got I got hired on uh, just as soon as I uh, graduated and was part of the team that built the new power plants for El Paso Electric. Uh, now I'm fortunate enough to manage one of the plants that I uh, that I was uh, took part in building. Yes, and it's Montana, and his name's Albert Montana. We named it after him, right? Yes, man. Yeah, there's, that confusion happens often, but it's kind of neat to have uh, the name really close to my last name. And Montana. for those of you who didn't see it, Albert was uh, featured on CNN in February when we stayed in power, right? When some other people didn't. So you're a star already, Albert. Yeah, I mean, uh, I felt like I got a lot of limelight uh, during that event, but uh, we had really neat team out there. Uh, working hard during that freeze, and we were able to keep uh, continuing uh, to provide power to our to our uh, customers. And you mention it all the time that you three work together a lot, and you've mentioned that Fred's been kind of a mentor to you. And Fred, you like me, have spent some time in the Caribbean, and you've moved around a lot. Talk about your journey. So mine mine is a little longer than than, <laughs> than Albert's, and I, mine know, too. I we need young guys too, though. You know, spend too much time on it. But you know, I, I first was in the Navy, and then I got into utility, and and kind of went from there. And got my engineering degree, and, and and get my master's. But I've managed. I've been working with six different utilities, including in, in, in Grenada. Uh, managed oh geez, coal power plants, gas-fired power plants, combined cycles. There's just I think the only thing that really haven't done anything was is a nuke. So, uh, and and when I got here, it's it's been you know very enjoyable and and, and getting Newman to where we need to get get it to. Uh, so uh, that, that you know I, I could go longer on it, but I think that kind of covered it in a nutshell on on where my experiences are and, and what yeah. I have. And just I love the diversity in you, Jeff. You join uh, Fred and Albert with experience from other industries and uh, really a technical background. Why don't you talk a little bit about that? Sure. Um, I started uh, building buses uh, 25 years ago. Moved on from bus manufacturing into magnet wire uh, for motors, ballast, things like that. And then uh, worked at a company producing microalgae and extracting mm -hmm. oil from the algae. So I came to El Paso Electric in 2015 as an instrumentation and control supervisor and was promoted up to a maintenance superintendent and then to a plant manager. Right, and that's, I think this blending of this experience, we're really lucky to have that. And uh, I get to brag on you guys all the time. Last year we had phenomenal, phenomenal performance. And for our audience who, who doesn't know, we judge our power plants on whether they stay in power, whether they have a forced outage or a planned outage, how often they're actually running. And this year we had phenomenal performance, arguably the best we've had in 20 years. And these guys were leading that. And that question comes up all the time. Other than staying in power, 
what is a good power plan? How do you judge whether a power plan is running well or not so well? Um, Albert, we spent a lot of time saying we want to be best class and we were really proud that we did stay in power and we're really proud of the performance. Given the fact that a lot of our units are old, older than I am, which is too old to be running a power plant, um, how do we do it and how do you judge whether a power plant is running well or not? So from a customer standpoint, like you mentioned, it's about when, how available the units are when we need them. So during the summer run, uh, we make sure that our units are completely available to be dispatched at any time. Uh, what it means as a plant manager is, is doing the right maintenance at the right time in a safe manner. So one of the big things that uh, makes us successful is that we do do our work safely and that at the end of the day, uh, we work as a team to try to ensure that we're doing what we need to do, uh, maintaining all the turbines on their schedule. Um, uh, we only talk about the turbines, but there's also ancillary, ancillary equipment that support the turbines, and they're also on their maintenance schedule. So uh, we need to have good maintenance practices, and uh, I think the, the fruits of, the success, of a successful uh, maintenance uh, process were seen last year during our summer run. We were available and had very small, very few uh, issues. Yeah, I like what you're saying because it's not just what you do while you're running the power plant, it's what you've done before and whether you have the right spare parts, whether that operating a maintenance team is working well together and all of your plants have different challenges, right? Because you're running a new power plant and now you've run Newman and now you're running Rio Grande. They're, they have older units, we have different technology. One of the challenges I talk about all the time and I'm used to running bigger power plants, 1500 megawatts, a thousand, but that technology is all the same and built all at the same time. You know, what are the challenges you face? And now, Fred, why don't you talk about some of the challenges you face? And, well, and, and to go along with that, it's, it's, it's the ability to, to identify that equipment that is causing the problem and identifying what maintenance you need to do to keep it going. And, and it's, it's, it's a challenge to do that, but it, you, need, you get things out there that help you do it, but you know, when you can identify those things and keep the units available, that's extremely important not to do that. And, I, and, and for all of us, I think we, we do a pretty good job doing that. So, Talk about some of the challenges uh, you've faced over the years. It, and over the years, it's, it's different. I mean, coal plants, you have different, it's the availability of the coal getting there and you have slagging and you have all that gas plants that look cleaner like that, but you still have the, the uh, turbines that you need to identify what the problems are there and making sure you're doing the right maintenance on them. So, you, you know, you have those challenges are similar, same thing, only different kind of thing, and, um, but because each plant is unique, but if you're able to do that and identify those, those, uh, those areas that are critical, and maintain them, and, and it just goes a long way to do that, and that's how you keep them going. Right, Jeff, what challenges are you facing, or you have faced, that our audience would be interested in? Um, uh, with the aging fleet, the hard part is to stay ahead of the maintenance and keep them updated to a point where they'll meet today's reliability, safety, and performance standards. Mm -hmm. So a 57 Chevy was a great car 60 years ago, but it won't, it won't meet that criteria for today's standards, so it takes a lot of effort to stay ahead of it, and bring those things up to date so we can meet those criteria and meet the efficiencies we need. Now, 
Jeff, you and Fred are running older power plants, but there's even challenges with new ones. Why don't you talk about our black, black start capability and how you work toward that and some of the balancing you had to do? Uh, I think that plant is running so well now because of some of the work you've been working on. And talk about black start because why is it important? A lot of people hear that. What does it mean? And why should our audience even care about it? Yeah, so, you know, the company has invested a lot in the facility that I run, uh, Montana Power Station. We, we have four gas turbines and it's uh, one of five in our fleet. So Rio Grande actually has a very similar gas turbine uh, or the same model, uh, except that ours are dual fuel. So we're able to run uh, liquid fuel. Um, our black start capability allows us to start our turbines if we ever, or start the grid for my plant if we ever lose the grid. Uh, it's one of two options of restoring the, the grid at the, uh, for El Paso. Um, and it's one of the new added features that we have at the plant. Uh, you know, talking, taking a step back to talk about challenges. So I do manage the plant with the new technology, but just like new technology, you encountering things for the first time. First time. And I think we have a really good team that works together. Uh, if he encountered something at his plant, he'd be, hey, did you guys see this? And we do a monthly meeting where we review activities that happened in the week. Uh, we have partnering meetings. So, uh, that's another big aspect of having a good power plant is good communication among uh, the whole department. So right. it's been good. Uh, you know, turning back to the, the Black Start, so now uh, we have that added feature. So it's one more thing that we have in our arsenal as to provide to our uh, customers, right? We, we can ensure that we can keep the lights on like we did during the freeze, that we can swap to an alternate fuel when we have gas control mix. And now we can start the turbines no matter what the condition might be. And that's going to be really important as we start to bring in renewables, right? Because renewables are intermittent, meaning sometimes they go on and sometimes they go off. And having flexible generation is going to be key to our future in being able to really lead uh, our clean energy goals, right? And now uh, you guys have traded spots and now you're leading Newman and you're getting ready to build a new power plant. Talk about how do you work on maintaining all those various ages, and you can pipe in here too, because I know you've done it. Um, you've got so many different technologies, and technologies that came on in different years, and now you're building a new power plant. You have some that run combined cycle, meaning that you use water, and then other ones you don't. You know, how do you balance all of those different technologies and those different fuel sources? How do we make them work together? Um, they all work, uh, the steam turbines, the old school turbines kind of work on the same principle. So there are differences between them. Uh, so it's just a matter of adapting to the little idiosyncrasies between each ones. And then the combined cycles are a whole different animal altogether. Uh, but there are two different units. One's a much simpler version of the other and they get pretty complex. So it takes a lot of training and it takes a lot of updating. And as we update uh, standardization uh, across the board so that the training from one to the next is simpler. Um, and then when you get into other fuels, it becomes even more difficult. I have to tell you guys, been in this industry 30 years, and I always find that when I go into a power plant, the thing that I love the most is that they tend to be a family. They tend to be a culture of, and they get close because you're in that one space together over and over. And I, I just love the camaraderie. Why don't you talk and you start talking about how do we, how, what, what makes a successful power plant person and how do we continue to build that culture internally? So, you know, for that person, 
It's, it's a person that really wants to learn because at power plants, I will tell you, 38 years I've been doing it or so, you learn something new every day in a power yeah. plant. So you have to have that mentality where you want to learn and you want to digest that. And, and then not only that, after you learn it, you want to spread it out to other people and teach other people so that you could all as a group get better and, and, and perform better and, and raise that level and continually do that. So. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that's really the most important part of it and that's how you develop that camaraderie is because you're interacting with everybody and, you, and you're doing that and trying to get to that same goal to, to, to perform. Right and I know that we've said this before but I want to say it again the number one goal is safety. Uh, safety of our employees, safety of the community and I love in your office or in when you walk in your foyer the power plant you have all of your employees have pictures of their families and it says, this is why I stay safe. I love that when I go into that plant. Talk a little bit about that. And you, I'll start with you, like, how do we continue to focus on everyday safety, safety, safety of our employees? Yeah, no, definitely. I, I think uh, it's a cultural thing, right? So here, uh, it's been ingrained that we do everything we need to do safely. So that's kind of the stop, stop all uh, activity. If, if it doesn't feel safe, does it look safe, then we stop and evaluate all the issues that come up and then make sure that we're uh, proceeding with whatever we're doing in a safe manner. Uh, there's a lot of training involved uh, to build a culture like that. Uh, it also requires the right tools and training on the use of those tools. Um, at our plants, there's a lot of uh, high pressure um, uh, lines, you know, at the, other term, uh, at the other plants you have steam, at ours you have natural gas, compressed air. Um, and it's oh, through the use of safety that we're able to do uh, our work. We have people who've been with El Paso Electric working at the power plants 40 years, 48 years. Right. And the only way to do that is to work safe. Absolutely. You know, it's funny, a lot of people tell me, you know, I come into my house and I flip that switch and, and there's light. Uh, I, I think just having our audience know that so much goes into generating the power, even before it gets to the line, that requires a lot of discipline. And if I can say it, you know, care and concern about the community. What did you think when you first came to El Paso Electric, the electric industry from from another industry? Did was it what you expected? Um, <clears throat> not at all. Actually, it was, uh, it was a little overwhelming for me, and I'd spent. 25 years, 20 years at that point, doing uh, performing maintenance in different mm -hmm. industries, and there was uh, components to the plant that I'd never seen before. So it was good. It was a nice challenge. Uh, it was a little overwhelming to try to learn everything at one time right. and on the fly, uh, but it was really great. Uh, the teamwork is definitely there, um, and a lot of them they really do pull together uh, when they need to. Right. So there's a little bit of a family atmosphere in the whole thing. Yeah, and I just want to emphasize that for our audience that. You know, there is a deep care for our community that you can just feel in these power plants. And they, no matter what the challenges, no matter what the technology, they work, work, work every day to keep us in power and light. And the future's bright. And Fred, all of us have been talking about the future of power generation and the future of energy. And there's so much going on. We've talked about the new technology. We've talked about really leading the green revolution and really making sure that we use our resources over and over and over. And what does that future look like? Um, what, what, what do you see, Fred, and what have you seen throughout the world as you've traveled it? So, you know, again, at the beginning, at the beginning of the year, it was in, in, you know, in Grenada, for instance, it was, just, it, it was just a matter of getting things reliable. They were not at that time looking for renewables. They just, 
we need power at the at the you know on the island and, and reliable power. And so he just focused on reciprocating engines and, and get the generators going. Now, you know, as time progressed, we're looking at renewables, we're looking at different technologies as hydrogen, solar, battery power, and, and even CO capture and, and, and nuke nuke world is they're even advancing and, and sure. doing things to do that. So uh, you know for us in the future I, I just it's it's, we now have to do that, and, and the traditional power plants, like you mentioned earlier, we have to support those renewables as they're going up and down. We need to be able to follow them. We need to have quick starts. We need to have all that. Right. Uh, and we as a company need to stay abreast of them and stay in the leading edge on that. So when these opportunities for technologies that maybe not even be there yet, that we're, we're poised to take advantage of them and, and provide them to our customers. And we've talked a lot about today, we have to manage and maintain the older equipment at the same time we implement new equipment at the same time we're researching what's to come and making sure we're doing all that across the spectrum. Albert, um, first you and, and then you, Jeff, what do you see in the future for your plant and the industry? Albert first and then Jeff. Yeah, so my, my uh, plant is aligned as with the peaking power. So we'll, we shave off the peaks in the evening. So whatever changes might uh, come out of electrifying the grid, you know, bringing in the electric vehicle, uh, we'll see a, probably a, an increase in the use of our plant to support that. Right. And our plants, the plant I manage, we're able to ramp up and down fairly quickly to support load. So I see us uh, preparing uh, to make sure that we can contribute to shaving off those peaks. Um, also, to always being available, that means uh, doing the right maintenance at the right time. Uh, we have a 10-year forecast where we're already seeing what maintenance we're going to have to do. And then we have options to look at in case we have to increase our hours to try to support the new, the new programs. Two things you mentioned there I want to underscore, first of which is we're planning years and years in advance, number one. And number two, a lot of our audience doesn't know that the way our system works, sometimes that we have a low peak that double, I mean a low load that doubles to a peak. And our power plant, some of our plant, power plants have to be positioned just to handle sometimes a very short time. Of course, that's different in the summer. And that's the reason we need a lot of flexible generation. How about you, Jeff? What do, what do you see in the future? Uh, well, with the implementation of the new generation going in, Newman 6, it's a, it's a big gas turbine, uh, 227 megawatts. That's more than double the size of any other gas turbine we have. So keeping it reliable is going to be really important. Uh, if you have an issue with that, that's a lot of energy you have to make up quickly. And it's going to be a lot more responsive and a lot faster to bring that that power back up, back on the grid than any of our other units. Right. So uh, going forward, that's going to be the future, but we also still have to keep maintaining the older stuff until we do take it out of service. And really important for all of this is making sure that we can incorporate what's coming on, 270 megawatts of renewables. We just issued RFPs for new renewables that will be coming on. And so definitely planning for a lot of new generation, both gas-fired and renewables, and supporting it with storage. Really, that's going to be a lot of our game plan the next few years. Final words. Gentlemen, I've loved having you here. So let's go around and just say final words for our audience. Uh, what would you like them to remember, Albert? You no, know, uh, during the freeze and during this uh, pandemic, uh, our teams were, really, were, were, really, were ready to support uh, whatever needs the plant did ultimately to support the customer. Uh, our guys felt it was a civil duty to stay healthy, uh, you know, come to work if you're able to come to work. And, you know, they really uh, took it serious uh, during the pandemic to stay isolated because what we do is critical to 
to the city. And mm -hmm. uh, I felt like our team uh, took it very serious. And I just want uh, uh, Paso and all of yours to know that uh, the team, when we approach situations like this, we always think at the end of the day, we need to deliver power. And that's what we did. And we did it safely during that period as well. And we're really proud that um, almost 100% of our team is either vaccinated or has an exemption. 96% of us are vaccinated. And I think that has protected our community and made sure that we didn't have to have as much quarantining as a lot of other utilities. As far as I can tell, we're the most vaccinated utility in the country. And I think that's really served our customers. Final word, Fred. Uh, you know, I just, as far as Newman goes, I'm gonna, because we just switched, I wanna, you know, give kudos to the, to the employees there for doing what they did and, and having a successful year as far as all of its safety and availability for the units. So, you know, those employees did a great job and, and, and stepping up and, and, and I just, you know, kudos, I can't give enough kudos to those employees. Amen. And, and I'm not, and I'm not gonna say, I can't, you know, Rio's doing probably the same thing, but maybe Jeff could you know, talk a little bit more about them, but uh, I just, I can't say enough about the employees. That and I, and I started it out, but I want to, our audience to hear it again. 97% availability. Great, great, great performance by these power plants. And these power plants are not new. And it is unbelievable performance, the availability that these plants had. And I, I couldn't agree with you more, Fred. Final word, Jeff, let us, let your audience hear you. Um, I, I agree with Albert and Fred. I mean, the Rio crew put in the effort, the same effort that MPS did in Newman. And, they were dedicated. They did work through the pandemic and they put, they put their pride on the line and they, they came out and they worked through it and they made it happen. So uh, kudos to the Rio crew, the Newman crew, the MPS crew, the whole, the whole PowerGen team really pulled together and just kind of powered through everything that was thrown at them. That's a great way to end it. We have powered through and let me tell you, I know it's because we have the talent that we have, but we have the commitment from these men and women who show up every day ready to deliver power to your life. Well, there you have it, our team powering your lives. Thank you for joining us and join us again where we empower you with our energy. If you've liked it, give us a thumbs up, follow us, like us, and we look forward to continuing to discussing energy with you, empowering people with energy. Thank you for joining us.